Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Turn up your volume. This is Unfuck Nation. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to this week's episode of Unfuck Nation. I am your host, Gary John Bishop. Thank you for joining us this week. As usual, I always endeavor to give you a valuable show, right? Now, if this is your first ever show or if this is your 50th show, it doesn't really matter. You can join into this conversation at any point and the slipstream, okay? You can just write in and you come and listen to what we got. But if you're not too familiar with me, if you've maybe bought a single book, and I've got numerous books, uh, all addressing different aspects of what it is to be a human being and be successful at that, to be successful at being a human being, which includes all kinds of stuff like, you know, how to deal with adversity and how to be loving and how to give up you know, things you've been hanging on to and, you know, how to accomplish great things in your life includes all of that, okay? So in other words, I'm going to give you a a kind of fundamental way of changing how you interact with yourself and how you interact with life itself, which can be really, really challenging. And I think that's the value of something like the podcast or the books is it kind of jolts you free or shakes you free of some things that you've come to believe as true. And that's, I mean, look, you can you can change your fucking opinion about something, all right? Like, I used to think he was a shit basketball player and now I think he's really good, right? That's your opinion. Changing a belief is a whole other freaking game altogether. Most of your kind of beliefs, if you like, you don't relate to them even like their beliefs. You relate to your beliefs like it's reality. It's reality. So in other words, when you start to question a belief, you're questioning your reality. You're questioning what you know to be real. Now, I don't mean this in a extraterrestrial way, all right, or in some kind of sci-fi movie way, although you could make a case for the Matrix. But anyway, what I'm talking about is some firmly held beliefs of yours that if you poke them, you might see they're a lot more malleable than you had once thought. 
as a human being, you're constantly evolving. You're constantly evolving into this version of yourself. You don't relate to yourself like you're really evolving. You think you're just going to work and struggling with your with money or your weight or a relationship or whatever your thing might be. You think you're just interacting with life, but you're not. I'll often hear this said, I'll often hear it said, like mindset is everything, right? And I, want, I once saw this argument against that that said, no, food, shelter, and water is everything. Okay, but your mindset is going to determine how you're going to go about that. <laughs> so your mindset, in other words, the direction within which or upon which your mind is focused. And so the weird thing that I've discovered over time is that human beings think they're working on something, but in fact, it's something else. And they're always getting the results of the something else. And what makes it confusing is they're perplexed by the results because they think they're up to something in their own mind. So if you want to know what you're up to in life, right, if you want to know what you're out to, another way might be to say this would be, if you want to know what you're out to prove in life, look at the life you've got. That's what you're out to prove. But not like, oh, yeah, that I'm a nice person. Not all the shit. Even if you say something like, well, I'm out to prove that I'm a nice person, okay? Yeah, but what does that say about other people? You're constantly being guided by what's in the background. And this is why this thing called mindset is important. And I hear it used a lot by people. And it's fine. You know, go ahead, use it. I'm not that fond of using mindset, but it communicates enough for people. It's the same with the word perspective. The word perspective doesn't capture what it's really talking about. What we're really talking about is the as-lived experience you're in and what it's like for you. So if you pick an area of your life, just do it right now, okay? Like pick an area of your life that's not working or at least not going in the direction that you would want it to fucking go in. Look at that area of your life. Get in touch with when you're interacting with that area of your life, when you're in that area of your life, when you're reminded of that area of your life, what's that like for you? Like, really, what's it like? What are the thoughts? the predictable thoughts you have when you're dealing with that area of your life. And then what's the emotional state, right? Are you suppressed? Are you angry? Are you deflated? Are you resentful? And even the physiological experience of it, like, is there a kind of knot in your stomach, feels like a knot in your stomach, thoughts racing, whatever. Put all that together. All of that is your experience of life in that area of your life. This is this growing sense of awareness one has to have. You have to be able to see things. And sure, you can use what I'm saying as some kind of guide. But 
ultimately, you have to get in touch with what it's like for you, but not like, oh, that's like shit. No, that's not enough. That's not enough. I'm depressed. It's not enough. I'm angry. It's not enough. What are the thoughts? What's the emotional state? What's your physiological experience? Where are you feeling it in your body? That, my friend, is your as-lived experience of that area of your life. So what's the mistake that most people make? They think that to get them out of that as-lived experience in this area of the life, they must change this area of the life. Which may or may not be true, by the way, in terms of like, you might have an area of your life that is long overdue for a change. What I will say is, what the vast majority of people are trying to change, and they don't know it, is how they feel. They're trying to change the as-lived experience. And they think by changing the thing, their job, their partner, whatever, that's the answer to the as-lived experience. Here's what I'm saying. Go to work on the as-lived experience. Your experience of something comes from something. Oh boy, I can't, I'm just fucking giving you guys like the insight of your fucking life. If you get what I'm saying, if you lock in right now to what I'm saying, the world is your oyster. So you got to lock in. You got to really think. You got to really bring yourself to this conversation. I need your intellectual effort. I need you to think. I need you to fucking really bring yourself to this. A degree of consciousness, a degree of awareness. The you that's distinct from the circumstances that you currently live in. I need you to get in touch with that kind of higher thinking. You're as lived experience of something. That could be your job. You're as lived experience of your job when you're sitting there at the fucking desk or behind the wheel or whatever it is you fucking do. Could be an astronaut. You have an as-lived experience of that environment. And if it's negative, you think, well, I just need to change my fucking job. What you don't realize is there's actually something at play there that you haven't had your eye on. See, look, whatever you do in your job, whatever the activity is, okay, in your mind, you have a very unique to you relationship to what you're doing. It seems a certain way to you. It occurs a certain way to you. But if you actually got in touch with that, you'd see why that area of your life is so soured. So sometimes people, their relationship to the job is that it's demeaning or it's not worthy or that they should be doing something more fulfilling. All of that is informing your as-lived experience of what you're doing. And I'm using job as an example, you guys. I could be talking about fucking anything. You're already bringing something to the party. You have the experience. You have the emotional state. You have the thoughts. You have the physiological experience of what you're bringing to the party. 
The illusion is that you think it's the party. <laughs> In life, you relate to your experience as if it's coming from the party. I'll kind of continue along with this analogy, okay, the party thing. At a party, you might see somebody sitting in the corner, and they're crying. Is that the party? Well, likely not, because there's this whole group over there who seem to be having the time of their life. Then there's the people upstairs who are doing shit they shouldn't be doing in that person's house. And there's the people who have drunk way too much, and the people who are just standing there, like, locked, observing it. Not really letting loose, more like... And then there's the people watchers, like they're just watching everybody else and talking and gossiping. And da, da, da. The whole of that is the party. But we don't live like the party is what I make it. We don't live like this job of mine is what I make it. Now you're getting a bit more sense of this thing called a mindset. And the people that generally that I see online, like, quote-unquote influencers using the word mindset. I mean, they're basically, they've read a few books and done a few courses and, you know, they talk like they're fucking experts and they're not. And it's painfully obvious to those of us that have done the fucking work. Painfully obvious. I've even been interviewed by people who have things like, you know, podcasts and I'm interviewed for their social media channels. And their, their lack of understanding about what they're talking about is kind of shocking. But it's all catchphrases. And there's no digging in to what they're talking about. And they can't dig in because they don't really know what it means. They don't really get, like I said, mindset. I use that word, but it's not what I'm fond of. But your as lived experience, your experience of being yourself is being sourced by something. And it's being sourced by whatever you walked into the party with. This is hard. This is too much. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I should be doing something else. I should never have listened to my parents. I should never have should have went my own way. Why did I go to college? All of that gets brought to the table. And I'm using the example of a fucking job here, right? You know that the hard and fast rules here on Fuck Nation don't get hung up on the example. Use your own life as the template, okay? So ultimately, the greatest work you will ever fucking do is the work you do on yourself, and it will free you up in areas of your life where you previously experienced little or no freedom. And when I say freedom, I mean freedom to be. Freedom to be what? Freedom to be yourself. Because that's the biggest casualty of your mindset, is your freedom to be yourself. Whenever you're locked in on a particular view or belief that you're so locked into it, you can't see that it's you who's bringing that to the party. All you can talk about is the party. When you're so fucking locked in, there's no freedom to be yourself. You can only be that version of yourself that can cope with your mindset. You're limited to that. If the way you approach something is given by this is hard, 
you're only free to be the version of yourself that can cope with this quote unquote hard. You can't fully be yourself. So you're just that version of yourself handling this narrative, which is probably the best way to describe it. You're constantly in a narrative. So no, absolutely nothing comes before quote unquote again, Mindset, nothing comes before that. Mindset is absolutely fucking everything. It's how you do everything. And in the most extreme cases, it's a difference between death and survival. And in other cases, it's a difference between love and healing and resentment and disconnect. And, you know, pick your fucking thing. How it seems to you, how it occurs to you what you're bringing to the table, already bringing to the table. And by the way, you're always already bringing something to the table. I love it when people say, I'm going in there with an open mind. No, you're fucking not. <laughs> you're going in there with a very strict set of beliefs. <laughs> and you're just looking for what clashes or matches, period. That's why, you know, look, a lot of the time, you know, I get it. I ruffle people's feathers because... But I'm not ruffling their feathers. I'm ruffling the feathers of what they believe to be true. And so it's hard to listen to somebody who's saying something that completely invades that construct. And that is how, in my view, that's how you grow. You invade your own constructs. You invade what you believe to be true. And you start to see there were and are alternative truths existing as a possibility at the same time. Fuck, that was so good how I said that there. All right, I'm going to say it again. In any area of your life where you're suffering, at the same time as you're suffering, there exists the possibility of some other truth at the same time. What I want you to get is you're dwelling where you're dwelling. You're getting that experience of the paradigm that you're in. Paradigm of no hope or no possibility. That's where you're sitting in the party. You're resting there. Most people, by the way, this is a little kind of sidebar. Most people are trying to solve the problem that are given by their experience without realizing that the answer is your experience and by default, what you're bringing, your mindset, to use the Starbucks vernacular. I talk about Starbucks quite a lot, actually, I notice. I mean, I like Starbucks. I just don't go as often as I should. Maybe if Starbucks are listening, they can send me some fucking Starbucks cards. But anyway, I want you to get that there's a... There's a domain in which you are the ruler. You're the architect. You are the source of it all. And it's in the domain of shifting the way you're interacting with life. That all comes from how you're currently seeing it. It doesn't seem like it seems when you're in the job, the job's doing this. But it's not. It's how you're currently seeing the job that's doing this. Right? That's when people say shit like, I, I hate Mondays. It's not fucking Mondays doing that to you, dude. It's your relationship to Mondays is doing that. 
I hate this kind of person. It's not that kind of person. It's your relationship to that kind of person. What do you make that mean? La, 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 la. So you always got to be peeling back the layers, always got to be looking at what you're bringing to the table. How are you participating at the party? Which is a very simple way to look at it. How you're participating at the party will lead you in a straight line to what you're bringing to the table. How you participate tells you everything. All right, you guys, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to get a question from the nation, which is a fucking brilliant question. I mean, I think all the questions are brilliant. I love them. But if you want to participate in a future show, you can send me an email, connect at garyjohnbishop.com. You can go to unfucknation.com, fill out the little form there. Or you can call or text me, right? You can actually fucking call or text me, 646-450-3203, We'll be back in a minute. Hang in there. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the second part of this week's show. This is the part of the show where we take a question from the nation. I picked this question because not only am I going to deal with the kind of exact specifics of this person's situation, but I'll expand on it so that everybody gets something out of this question. Okay, so this question comes in from Laura Muto, and Laura says... Hi, Gary. I am 16 years old and just recently published a book, which is pretty freaking great. But anyway, she says, my friends and family bought it and some loved it, some not as much. I find that what was supposed to be a happy and proud moment in my life is actually causing me stress. I've sold 50 copies. And every time I'm at any event, people ask me how book sales are going. And I feel stupid for saying I've only sold 50 copies. How do I be content with what I have and stop looking and longing for more? P.S. I've read all your books and listening to all your podcasts, and you've really helped me through some pretty rough times in my life. So thank you. All right, Laura. First of all, 50 copies of a self-published book is a lot of copies. Okay, so you have to put things in a certain frame of thinking. So 50 copies for a self-published book is a lot of copies, actually. Most people sell 10. And eight of those, they bought themselves and gave them away. So 50 copies of a self-published book is a lot of copies. I know you see, and you might have heard me talk about the number of books that I sold in the self-published when I self-published. You might hear other authors say that they sold X number of copies, and they self-publish. Those are the exception that proves the rule. So if you're going to self-publish, and in your mind, 
you're thinking, oh, yeah, when my book gets out there and I sell my 10,000 copies, you're not connected to reality, okay? So I had a pretty considerable number in mind when I went to launch my book that was in the hundreds, by the way. It wasn't like I was thinking I was going to sell 5,000 books because I'd researched and I'd done my research and, and it was pretty obvious to me that publishing a book is really about publishing a book, not about the number of copies that you'd sell. So that's the kind of first part of my answer to you. The second part is you need to go back and read Unfuck Yourself and the whole chapter on expectations, because whether you realize it or not, you had a different thing in mind than the outcome you're currently facing. And you might have identified what you had in mind. You might not have identified what you had in mind, but you had something else in mind. And that's the same for all of us in our lives. Whenever we're out to produce some kind of result, we've already pictured the outcome. So when things don't match up with what we had in mind, whether you have got any sense of what you had in mind or not, it's irrelevant. You had something in mind. How do I know? You're disappointed. So you got to get back in touch with, well, what the fuck did I have in mind? How was this supposed to go? And you'll see there's a gap between your 50 copies and how this was supposed to go. So in other words, Laura, you've been in some version of your own fantasy. And it becomes really challenging because you're not connected to the real accomplishment of publishing a book at 16 years of age. I mean, there are people fucking five times older than you who dream of publishing their own book, and they've never been able to sort their lives out to do it. So you've got to acknowledge the accomplishment, but you've really got to take responsibility for the degree that you've burdened yourself by an outcome that you had in mind that has disconnected you from your actual accomplishment. You might write 30 books in your life, maybe even more. You might sell 50 books every time. You might write one more book in your life and you might sell millions of copies of that book. But I always find that, and this is from my own experience of writing books, I write books for somebody else. I've never written a book, never, ever, ever written a book to sell copies. That they sell or don't sell is just a byproduct of what's in the content. But I don't, if I wrote books that would appeal to the masses, my books wouldn't have the titles that they do. They have the titles they do because the titles are a reflection of the way that I talk. And I do, I catch myself, I've definitely caught myself, like, I wonder how that'll go down, right? And then immediately I say, well, it'll go down the way it goes down. But again, my intention is never sell more books. My publishers, yeah, they want me to sell more books, but I want them to be useful for people. And I remember saying this at the time when I wrote Unfuck Yourself. If this book sells 20 copies, I'll probably notice, but at the same time, I'll be working on book two because it was important for me to write books, right? I had no 
idea at the time or any sense at the time that it was about to go in the direction that it did. And I can say this wholeheartedly and confidently and authentically that if none of my books had sold any copies, I'd still be self-publishing and still putting them out there because putting them out there is what's important to me. So you really got to check in with how you'd set yourself up for disappointment and how that disappointment disconnects you from the possibility of actually being present to and enlivened by the real accomplishment here, which is one, that you self-published a book, and two, you sold fucking 50 copies. So anytime somebody says, how are the book sales going? You can say, great. They're going fucking great. Book sales are going great. Because it's all relative. I mean, we can't all be J.K. Rowling, right? And she sells like a mind-blowing number of books. But that's really not the point. It's what's in those books that's fucking great. (laughs) And they'd still be great even if 10 people had bought them. And that's the same with you. Expectations are the killer of accomplishment. And you got to keep that in mind. And everybody's got to keep that in mind. Whatever you've got planned for your future. You got to catch yourself in the act of not only setting yourself up for disappointment, but becoming slavishly attached to that expectation that just starves you of the enjoyment of the thing that you're doing. All right, you guys, that's it for this week's show. As usual, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're getting your podcast. It's a big service to the podcast. It really does make a big difference for us. I'm not going to guilt you into anything. You don't have to make a difference for me. I'm, I'm out to make a difference for you. You don't have to. You can fucking switch us off right now or you could listen for another second or two. But it's important to me and it makes a difference for me when you, you personally write, review and subscribe to the show. And so I'm requesting that of you that you go ahead and you write, review and subscribe to the show wherever you're getting your podcasts. All right, you guys, that's it for me this week. Have a great one. I'll see you on the flip side.